Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast, it's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. Luisella Romeo lives and works in Venice today, where her family has lived since the mid-1700s. After graduating in North American Literature and Language from Ca Foscari University of Venice, she received both a scholarship from UC Berkeley and a travel grant on a Fulbright to continue her studies in the U.S. It was always her plan to return to Venice, where she's been a registered tour guide since 2000, leading both solo travelers and groups in Italian, English, and German. Today, let Luisella Romeo guide you through a few of the experiences that most miss. Enjoy. It's not unusual to stay in a place where you were born, especially when uh, it's such a beautiful city. I would say that what pushes people outside Venice are, well, a lot of factors. First, that the city has become very expensive. Mm -hmm. Then um, if you do not work in the tourism industry, you might have problems of finding uh, uh, some place where to work, mainly also offices, rentals are also very expensive. So people tend to start a business outside. If you consider Italy, I would say that if possible, people do not move. Although we still have a strong migration from Italy to Europe or to other continents. But it's not unusual to have people that stay in Venice. Well, that's beautiful and it's encouraging to me. So my question, going back to the your beautiful blog that I was reading, I was curious about your grandparents and if you remember any stories when you were growing up with regard to Venice. Did they talk about the history and their stories? What did you grow up with? I would say that the history of Venice I learned about was mainly from books, from the library my parents have at home. But when it comes to grandparents, it's just the typical relation of niece with their grandparents. So I have lovely memories of when I discovered that the when we went to the Lido beach uh, during the summer, mm. when uh, we went rowing uh, behind the island of Giudecca, when uh, we had uh, just the gnocchi made at home. Mm. Uh, so very, I would say, memories that every niece will uh, in, will share with their grandparents. When it comes to history, I would say when you are a registered official guide as I am, you need to trust books and uh, it's never finished. I mean, it's always something that you have to keep on investigating and many are also the books uh, which are recently published that have changed no, the view of the history of Venice. So it, mm. it's not that you read a book and that's it. You need right. to 
keep on reading because uh, discoveries are made, uh, because uh, more research is done and you need to be always updated. And then mm-hmm. it's also what one likes about the job. If you tend to be repetitive and you tell always the same story, no mm-hmm. thanks. I mm-hmm. mean... Audio guides uh, is not are not a problem for me. You know that some people say, mm-hmm. "Oh my God!" And now people can hire a machine and hear the story. That's for me not a problem because when I run tours, it's a very personal way, and it's never the same story. It depends. The guide has always to relate to the ones you meet, their background, but also how tired they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> time of a day it is so it's not always the same story even if you show the same museum or the same church or you do the same walking tour i think a lot of people listening to this have walked on tours before they've been on the receiving end i'm curious i feel like a solid tour guide is really a historian a storyteller so i'd love to know what enchanted you how did you start Basically, I started having too many interests and I'm a person that takes on several challenges at the same time in different directions. So it was always difficult for me to understand what what kind of a job I would do in my life. Mm. I studied uh, at the university Northern American Literature and German Language and Literature, but that was only because... What I wanted to study, such as philosophy and history and art history, were not going to give me a job, said my mom. And so I ended up doing that and I loved it. I found it very interesting. And I wanted to do more university work. But then I started also getting in love with technology, so multimedia. And I became a person who worked in the second half of the 90s as a sort of an intermediator between um, humanities people, archivists and librarians and museum people. Mm. And on the other side, uh, computer scientists uh, and technicians. So I was the one that tried to find a dialogue in between them. Mm. And then uh, at the end of uh, the 90s, the work I was doing was no longer to be financed as most of the money was coming from the European community. But every project did not last more than three years. So I decided to look at something else. And then somebody told me, you know, there is a test that it's going to be offered soon. If you want, you can join to become a tour guide. And that was the moment when I said, oh, no, that's not what I'm interested in. Uh, I had the idea that being a tourist guide would mean to repeat the same story more than once mm-hmm. on top mm-hmm. of for the kids. And so I said, no. But then the very last day the deadline arrived, I was there with my filled up form <laughs> saying, OK, <laughs> I want to try this thing. And then I started studying because the, the exam was at that time very challenging. Uh, We had more than 800 people applying to become tourist guides in Venice and only 26 got the license. Several months of several tests. So for me, it was really a major result. But still, that's very funny, had Mm. never 
toured anyone. I've never, I had never run a tour. I had never seen also a guided tour. So unlike other colleagues of mine who were tour leaders before, had had some contacts with the tourism industry, I was not. So I started thinking, what can I do that it's different from other tourist guides? And then I decided to open my website. And my website was very likely the very first uh, that opened uh, that was online in 2000. Uh, and I don't think other colleagues had a website at that time. Mm-hmm. That was very um, good for me because in this way, little by little, I got contacted by travel agents who were not in Venice, not in Italy, but mm-hmm. abroad. And of course, as you notice, in the last 20 years, tourism has changed very much. Then I started getting in contact with people that were traveling on their own and had to uh, design the tour accordingly. So my job changed because it was not just touring, but it was arranging tours Mm -hmm. myself contacting me and saying, I have my children, I have my grandparents and they're very old, or we have such interests, such and such. So everything started getting very tailored and that's what I still like doing. So that's Mm -hmm. why every tour I run is a different tour. And that's what I like. I prefer people to tell me what they would like, what the expectations are. And I try to put myself in their clothes and thinking, mm-hmm. is it the first time they come to Venice? What will be nice to remember when they go back home? And yeah. I think emotions, especially, no? Uh, so you me- you mentioned correctly, it's a storytelling. You, you needed to know that what you are telling is the truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or at least that's what it's believed to be the truth. Yes. At the same time, you needed to involve these people and the best thing happening to me is when at the end of a tour they say goodbye and then in a year or so they say we still remember what you told Mm. that's very nice yes it's beautiful I wanted to mention because you did mention your your website as that was the differentiator and what set you apart and that is cvenice.it it's very easy s-e-e-venice.it so if anyone wants to go there Did you do any marketing or did you have an SEO person or did people just find you online organically? I started also with the blog posts that was in uh, 2015. So I did not start with the blog immediately. Mm -hmm. And I did not know what to do with social accounts until uh, 2011. So then I started with Facebook, but I wasn't sure what happened. Started with Instagram because at that time, Instagram was very much on photos and I love photography. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I started with Twitter, but now I, I don't know which way <laughs> to move. So I did all, all myself. Today, the hashtag was a Twitter dead. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's true. I saw that. I did see that. Yeah. And it's so hard to, it's very distracting to, just confusing to know where to go. There are borders in a profession, which sometimes you need to get across. So people asking, is there a hotel you recommend? I'm sure I can give some good recommendations. My recommendations are mainly hotels run by Venetian families. 
not in big chains, hotels that give a boutique and very familiar approach. You're curating and customizing. I'd say it's like meeting a friend, uh, a local, uh, and asking, uh, as you are in the business, what do you recommend? And that's... Mm -hmm. uh, comes to tours instead. <laughs> That's my yeah. job. <laughs> so let, let's go there for a second. Let's say someone is coming to Venice for the first time and they're not sure where to stay and they want to go local and they want to be among the natives. So do you have a few boutique recommendations that you would feel comfortable with or is it better that they just come to you personally? No, I would say that if they, usually when an email arrives, uh, I see what the the, the questions may be. I give some uh, names of uh, hotels, I give some names of uh, restaurants, I give a list uh, and then I let people choose because I don't really know the people traveling to Venice have and I don't want to know. My clients belong to a very wide variety. There are the ones uh, that stay for a couple of hours because they are on a trip that doesn't allow them to stay longer and have likely not a major budget but there are some instead that have no budget limits and that's okay if that's fine with me giving some advice and then I let people choose could we just role play and pretend that I'm a client coming to you because I, I started getting very excited about the tours and experiences I was seeing and so I just wanted to kind of know what you would recommend. So let's say I'm traveling alone and I will be there for 30 days. 30 days. Yeah, I'm just dreaming here. I'm just dreaming. I'm checking into my boutique hotel and the experiences. So you have tours and you also have experiences, right? Yes. So is the tour for uh, something that they join with a group? And the experience is more interactive. So it's information. What's the difference between? So the difference is, well, first of all, I run private tours. So I do okay. not form groups. Okay. Um, only because I don't have enough requests. Uh, but also because I think I tried it in the past and forming groups can be tricky because some have some expectations, some some don't. And not necessarily the group is formed with a homogeneous view. So I would usually ask, uh, is it fine if we meet at the hotel? And I start with an orientation tour regarding the area where you stay, helping you also get some ideas of what to do in your free time. I find it very important people that travel to Venice also get to, to know the city on their own. Yes. The idea of um, taking care of a person from A to Z, because mm -hmm. then they will always be with me or they will always be led. When you go back home, it's uh, probably going to be more memorable when you were left alone. <laughs> yes. Your own, no? you 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 had also that misadventure. I'm not saying something bad. I'm saying that it's easy that you feel more responsibility, and so when you go around and you can, when you get lost, uh, you have your own discovery, and that's mm -hmm. very important. So let's say 
that I would ask you if an orientation tour would be needed, if you're happy to start with some highlights of Venice, St. Mark's Church, the mosaics, and the Doge's Palace. But then I would start saying, why don't we start thinking of a second uh, moment? We could uh, go and see some art jewels which are not uh, which are not usually uh, visited where people do not often go so to have uh, that impression with it uh, to be basically in a part of venice which is not touristic because let's be honest tourists don't like tourists okay mm-hmm. so if you bring a tourist to a place where only tourists are the impression you will have is that it's fake Okay, why don't we go and see this palace? Why don't we go and see uh, this part of Venice? And the experiences are a stronger involvement. Yeah. Experiences will turn you into the protagonist. So mm. you will take an oar and row. Or if you like sailing, uh, this is a very new thing. I would also like to show you what it means to sail in the lagoon of Venice with a traditional boat. That could be fun. But depends. Maybe you are not so sportive. You prefer fashion. So why don't we go and see where silk velvet is made as in the 16th century and to see this wonderful web velvet and to see these people working and let you touch the, the silk velvet so you see the differences. Even if you are not going to become a weaver, it's mm-hmm. something that is really powerful. You meet people. You meet yes. uh, humans it's Mm -hmm. not just the object right meeting artisans yeah once again Luisella's website is cvenice.it don't miss out follow us get notifications and catch up with us on Thursday for part two